From the PEN studios, this is the Imperfect Moms Club with your hosts, Lisa and Brittany. This week on Imperfect, we're going to the doctor. Don't worry, it doesn't have to be an ordeal. Lisa and Brittany have tips for you on this episode of the Imperfect Moms Club. Hey guys, <laughs> um, so we are live and we're wearing headphones this time, um, you know, because we're like legit and stuff. So today um, I wanted to, so first, so let's just start off, I need to share a story, something I experienced the other day. And yes, Lisa needs to vent because <laughs> she texted me this week and she just needed to vent. And I was talking back to her and I was like, this would make a really good podcast episode. Yep. And like, then I was like, yeah, it would. So, so I wanted to start just by sharing that. So, um, Holly and I went to, she had a hematologist appointment. And so we went to that and then she needed to get blood taken. So we went to this, um, it's called Kids Express at the Children's Hospital. And um, it's hilarious that it's called Kids Express because it, um, we were there for like three hours. (laughs) So so not Express. (laughs) Express at all. Yeah. Maybe Um, the Pony Express. They were like, they loved everyone in that was waiting for surgery and waiting for scans and waiting for like blood work and all adults and children all together. So I don't know why. Um, I think maybe it's like a COVID thing or something, but they just like put us all in the same waiting room. So anyway, so we were there for a long time. So thank God Holly took a nap for half of it. Cause I, anyway, but so I was sitting there. I apologize to this woman. I was definitely dropping eaves. I did not mean to. <laughs> okay. Like I was, I was well, also like, when you're just sitting there for three hours, yeah, your, your brain wants some kind of entertainment or something. So, like, yeah, it can't like, help. It's impossible hear. not to hear other people's conversations, you know. So, I was sitting there, and all of a sudden, I heard this mom talking to her kid. Now, I messaged Brittany and I was like, I have a dilemma. So I know the Imperfect Moms Club, we're all imperfect, no judgment, judgment-free zone, but I I had to get this off my chest. So forgive me for this. But anyway, so I, I heard this mom talking and all I heard this mom say, she said, uh, she was like, we just have to wait and we we just have to wait. That's all we do here. We just have to wait. You know, and, and no, I'm not gonna, um, no, you can't play on my phone. And no, like I just, for a really long time, like an hour, all I heard was no, we can't do this. You can't do this. No, whatever. And the funny thing was, I didn't hear the child. Like mm. I wasn't hearing the kid. All I could hear was the mom. So I, I mean, I'm assuming the kid was complaining because they were bored of waiting but very quietly. And it seemed like, yeah. you know, like I couldn't even hear, it wasn't like a full-blown tantrum in the middle of the waiting room. Like this, her daughter was just quietly like, mommy, I'm bored, mommy, you know, which is normal for young children. And yeah, so all I could hear was this mom and just over and over and over again, stop complaining, stop saying that. I've heard you for the past 20 times. Uh, and then at one point she said, um, she was like, oh, are you cold? I, I mean, I can give you a hug. 
but like we don't have your jacket here and I don't mm-hmm. know like I we were in a hospital and I remember on my way to that waiting room I remember seeing the gift shop and the only thing in my mind like all I could think was there's a gift shop down the hall like I do you, I can go get your child a sweater. You can go buy your child a sweater, like go for a walk, something, you know? Yeah. Well, hospitals are, are cold all the time because yeah, they're it was trying freezing to like, in there. they're trying to, it does something with germs. And like hospitals are also full of beds and pillows and blankets. And I'm like, <laughs> certainly you could find a nice nurse and say, can we just have a little blanket or come on? Like, there's a way. Yeah. So I, it was freezing in there. And so I was like, go get that child a sweater, you know, or, or just something, you know, or take a walk or, you know, if it's a money issue, like the, the waiting room's huge. There's a lot of room for walking. There was a, a TV on the other side of the room playing kids shows, mm-hmm. you know, but I mean, this mom didn't want her kid looking at a screen because I don't know, she said it's, she told her daughter, she said, no, you can't just stare at a screen all day. It's not good for you. I mean, I feel like there are certain situations where like, it's okay, but you know, that's just, Mm -hmm. (laughs) that's my opinion. Uh, So yeah. So I just, I felt really bad for this child because it seemed to me like she was just trying to communicate her feelings quietly to her mom and her mom just, no, no, no. Just it, all it was was no. And so it really got me thinking about me. And so, you know, I mean, I have a one-year-old, right? She's, Holly was 14, Holly's 14 months. She was in stroller. She had taken a nap. But then, you know, so of course I was, I felt for the mom, right? Because, you know, I, I'm really impatient person too, right? Like I'm in the waiting room. It's been three hours. It's called Kids Express. Like why the heck haven't we like expressly done this yet? Right. So, I mean, we're all frustrated. But when you're a little kid, it's worse, right? Because you don't Mm -hmm. understand why, you know, I mean, I don't, I don't even understand why it was taking so long. I can't imagine like being a kid and you definitely can't understand, right? I mean, there's probably some explanation for why it was taking so long, but like it would probably go above like a little kid's head, right? They don't care that, um, you know, there's a staff shortage or they don't care that, you know, whatever. They don't care about all the other people that are waiting. Like they just, they're like, I don't want to wait anymore, you know? Um, so it got me thinking of like all the ways that, I don't know, like all the things that I would have done, like if it was Lily, right? If it was Lily sitting next to me and she's three, so definitely not a patient person. So no. if Lily <laughs> was there, then, you know, I, I don't know. And I, there's, there's things to do, right? Like I would have been like, okay, let's go on a walk. Or I would have asked her, how was your day? Or can you tell me about school or, or tell her a story, make up a story or something. Cause I mean, you're already, it can't be that you don't want to make noise because mm-hmm. everyone can hear you mm-hmm. saying no to your child. Right. So it can't be that it's gotta be, you know, and then I, I kept listening cause I was like invested now emotionally. <laughs> So I was sitting there and I was like, you know, and then I heard her say, um, you know, she was like, I'm sorry. Like we just, we live really far away from here. So this is like the only day that we can do this. We have to do this. And so obviously 
I started, I felt bad for mom, right? She's probably, she drove a long time to get there. She, you know, she's stressed because she's going to have to probably be stuck in traffic. She was probably stuck in traffic on the way, you know? And so I definitely felt for the mom, but, um, I'm of the opinion that like, we shouldn't be putting that on our children, right? We should try our very, we should try our best to shield that from our kids, right? So if mommy's having a rough day, like, I, I don't know, I just, it's hard. <laughs> this is what well, makes I'm motherhood like... so hard. It's not, it's not that changing a diaper is hard. It's not that, you know, it's feeding a baby is hard. What's hard is keeping your crap together in order to tend to the needs of your kid, right? Like that's what makes it so hard. And so, um, I just, my, my heart went out to that kid and there was some, it was a little triggering for me too, because of like my childhood and me growing up and stuff. But yes, yeah, so I just felt for this kid. I mean, I felt for the mom, but I also felt for the kid. Cause I was like, well, I mean, like there's so many things anyway. So I just, this made me think of episodes and then maybe we could talk about, you know, things that we do to entertain our children when we have to wait. <laughs> yeah. Well, like, so this seems like it wasn't an emergency visit. It wasn't like, oh my word, you fell off your bike and now we have to go to the hospital. It seems like from the outside perspective, and maybe we have it completely wrong, but it seems like this was like these planned, scheduled doctor's appointment. So I'm like, and, and then you had to drive so far. I'm like, would you not say, hey, grab a toy on your way out the door or grab a coloring book or grab something? Because when I know that I'm going to be somewhere waiting with my kids, I make sure I grab something. Yeah. Like maybe it's not like the busy bag of Pinterest, but it's something. Like I've said before in the past, I can't remember what episode, um, I will keep Happy Meal toys in my purse. Like the kids will play with it for like, 15 minutes and then it's forgotten. And I just, I throw it in my purse and I always have something in my purse. Mm -hmm. Um, because if you're sitting in a waiting room or you're at a restaurant or whatever, and you just need your kid to be quiet and happy, you pull that toy out and they're like, Oh my word, this is my favorite <laughs> thing ever. And then they're so happy. And it's just, it's great. So I'm, I'm just kind of like, why would you not get a coloring book or something or like, just give her your phone. Like I, I know, you don't want your kid on screens all the time, but this is different. Like this isn't all the time. Yeah. Just having them be happy and content while they're waiting probably to go get blood drawn or something, you know, that's not pleasant. Yeah. So I just, and again, like we are on the outside, we don't know the whole story. So maybe we're getting it wrong, mm -hmm. but from our perspective, this is our opinion. Yeah. Yeah. It's our show. <laughs> yeah, this is true. This, this is our show. And, and you know what, we're, it is the imperfect moms club and we're going to fail from time to time. So I don't want to like, like, how do I say this? Yeah, no, I've definitely been that mom. Like I've, I've, yeah, I'm a hundred percent. I've been that mom. I just, I think what, what's happening here is like, I'm not, I'm kind of, I'm talking to myself and that mom at the same time, because I, I can, I was like, look, I've been where you are, but here's, I don't know. Like we have to, let's, Let's figure this out. <laughs> yeah, let's 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 figure out how to do better for your child's sake and for your sake. Because I don't know, but when my kids are like pulling on my sleeve and they're so impatient, I'm not happy. Yeah, <laughs> I'm not having a good time. So, like for everyone's sake, let's figure out a better way. There's got to be a better way. Yeah. Um. Anyway, so it got me really curious, and I don't know. So, 
that's my story and I'm sticking to it. Well, that's anyway, <laughs> that's, that's what happened. So, um, I don't know. And then, you know, Holly woke up from her nap and she was fussy. And so I definitely, you know, I was that mom that was like rocking the stroller. I felt like a, like a superhero. So I, when we got there, I was like, you need to take a nap. I literally for, I think, I think an hour or like close to an hour, I like one arm, like pushed the stroller back and forth so that she would, cause as soon as I stopped, she would start crying. And then yeah. she, she fell asleep and I wanted to like hold a press conference and be like, guys, <laughs> I just rocked my baby to sleep with one arm. And then, you know, she mm-hmm. woke up. And so I had to, I did the thing where I got up and I was like walking around the waiting room. People th- probably thought I was nuts. Cause I was just, like, had this baby and I kept like doing circles around this like big room. And so they're all looking at me like, what is she doing? But yeah, no, I'm trying to keep my kid quiet. <laughs> yeah. Well, like if they're not parents, they're not going to understand. Yeah. So it's like, why even bother? If they are parents and they're like, oh, okay, I see what she's doing. I remember doing that. Yeah. You know, there'll be times Mike and I will see another parent with a younger child. Like we went to um, some races because where we are in Maine, people love to go to the races. So we went and there's dad changing a diaper on the bleachers. And I looked at Mike and I'm like, do you remember that? He's like, oh yeah, I was just thinking that. I remember being that dad. <laughs> like any surface is a changing table. Yeah. Any <laughs> so like if. Yeah, if you're a parent, you get it. Also, you're talking about rocking your baby. So there's this guy, and he was, it was spot on what he said. He's like, you can tell in the grocery store when there's a mom, even if she doesn't have any kids with her, because if she's standing in line, Goodness. she's rocking yep. back and forth, which I totally do, yep. even when there's no baby on my hip. And when they're looking at something on the shelf, they have the cart and they're rocking the cart, <sighs> even if there's no baby, because you're just so used to doing it. Well, and I'm yeah. like, yeah, I do that all the time. <laughs> yeah, I do that. Um, I actually didn't. So somebody pointed it out to me because I didn't even know that I was doing it. And then I didn't know that that was a mom thing. I just like, and then like somebody was yeah. like, hey, like, why are you rocking? And I was like, I'm rocking. And then I was like, I don't no know. idea. And then I heard somebody else talking about it. And they're like, yeah, if you're a mom, you know, you're used to. And I was like, oh, that's yeah, why even, I do it. Even like, so say I meet a friend and they have a newborn. So I get to hold the newborn and I rock, mm-hmm. obviously, you know, because that's what you do when you hold a baby. You do some sort of rocking motion. Then when I hand the baby back, I still rock like I I'll have my hands folded and I'll still just kind of like, I'll like mimic the rhythm that the mom is doing. And I'm like, what the heck am I doing? <laughs> like, my brain is like, keep rocking that baby. Keep rocking. <laughs> we are going to take a quick break. And then afterward, I found an article on um, some games you can play with your kids in waiting rooms. So stick around. The Imperfect Moms Club is brought to you by... Did you know Geico's now offering an extra 15% credit on car and motorcycle policies? That's 15% on top of what Geico could already save you. So what are you waiting for? Your teenager to help around the house? Okay, Mom, I emptied the dishwasher, vacuumed the basement, and folded the sheets out of the dryer. Wait, what? Oh, and next, I'm going to clean Mitten's litter box. Are we in some kind of prank show or something? That's a camera, isn't it? There's never been a better time to switch to GEICO. Save an extra 15% when you switch by October 7th. Limitations apply. Visit GEICO.com for details. This episode is brought to you by Sally Hansen. Introducing new It Takes Two 
your favorite Sally Hansen Miracle Gel. Now available in one convenient pack. Two simple steps. Color and top coat for an up to eight-day mani. Our newest innovation from the Sally Hansen Miracle Gel that you love. So you can create a perfect manicure anywhere. Find Sally Hansen at your local retailer. This is the Imperfect Moms Club on PEN. Get in touch with the show through the PEN listener hotline at 833-PODSNET. That's 833-763-7638. And now, back to the Imperfect Moms Club on the Podcast Entertainment Network. So this is an article by, um, I found it on uh, livinginhappyplace.com. So I, I read it. I wanted to say living in a happy place, but there's no uh. So it's just livinginhappyplace.com. Um, and it's five games to play with kids when you have to wait. So some of these are like oldies, but goodies. And then there are some that I had never even thought of. But anyway, number one is called What's Missing? So this is perfect for restaurants. I mean, anywhere that you have to wait, you can just use um, like somebody who's it. So the person who's it takes a couple items and puts them down. And then, um, you know, everybody looks at the items and then they close their eyes. And so the person who's it takes one of the items away and then everyone opens their eyes and the first person to guess what's missing wins. I've done this in preschool. Really? Oh yeah. I'll get like a little, I have like this flat basket thing and, um, I'll do a whole bunch of things that like or blue or something that starts with the letter B, whatever. Mm-hmm. And we put them all on and they, maybe they pick it up and they describe it. And this can be stuff like that's just like in your purse floating around, you know, or just like in dad's pocket. Yeah. And yeah. And then the kids get like, I don't know, 30 seconds to look at it. And then they all close their eyes and take something away. And then, yeah, they have to guess. We do this all the time. That's awesome. I love this game. Yeah. I've never actually played it, but now I'm like, okay, well, next time I'm definitely going to play this game. Um, so the second one is I spy, which is a, an oldie bit of goodie. Mm-hmm. Loved playing I Spy, like on road trips. I spy with my little eye something, you know. And I mean, the the cool thing about I Spy is that you don't have to collect items. Like, say you're somewhere mm-hmm. where there's just nothing available. Um, you can play I Spy instead. Um, and then we have Thumb Wars. I always lose. <laughs> I, I do, I too. I never win. I do, too, man. I have little thumbs. This one time... It was like middle school or something. The person I was playing with like pressed with all of her might on my thumbs and it hurt. And so like, I haven't played since. Like I'm like, oh, I'm like, my thumbs are like, they're, they're really small. And so like it hurts. So I was like, oh, I'm like scared now that somebody's going to like break my thumbs. Anyway. <laughs> uh, yeah, Michael tried to play with me because like, well, I don't know. He'll want to do something and I don't want to do it or whatever the thing is. And he's like, well, let's do thumb wars. But his hands are like huge. And so I can't even like my, th- even if I try to like bend my thumb back, it doesn't matter. He's just like, boom. Just And then I'm like, I don't even want to play. I don't even want to play with you. That's funny. This reminds me too. I mean, even if, you know, if you have like, if you have sensitive thumbs like me, um, you, you can play like rock, paper, scissors or something too. You know, mm-hmm. it's the same kind of thing. Um, and then this one, the next one is listen to this. So you have the kids close their eyes and then you use something from the table or the room to make a noise. And then you, you know, they close their eyes and they shake it. And then, um, you know, they have to guess what it is based on the sound. Um, so this, 
I mean, this might not be the best game if it's like super quiet where you are and everyone's like super quiet mm-hmm. or something. But yeah, at, a, at like a loud restaurant, it's probably probably fine. Um, even in yeah. you know waiting room where there's tons of people, there's going to be lots of noise. So um, I just I've been in waiting rooms where it's just like me and one other person, <laughs> and so I'm like, oh, oh yeah, so I have to be extra anyway. Um, and then the I think this is the last one. Yeah, this is the last one. Um, it's called Chicken Scratch. So um, I already love it. <laughs> Chicken. <laughs> um, so basically you get like any type of paper and then you basically you just draw a character. So you can draw, you can try to draw like a character from their favorite movie or something. And then they have to guess what it is. And so, especially if you're like me and you're not, you're not an artist and you don't draw that well, or you don't paint very well. Um, it like the worse the drawing, the funnier the game. <laughs> so like i don't know so i just i don't know all of these are really good games and i'm like damn like i'm gonna i'm gonna play these next time i'm waiting somewhere with lily i'll do i'll probably do i spy and then you know chicken scratch would be funny too i think but yeah these are all really good um i'm glad i found this article when we were little and we had to go to the doctor's office my dad like when you like after you were in the waiting room and you got to the actual like doctor room whatever the exam room we always had to wait another like 20 minutes before the doctor would actually come in dad would find the surgical gloves and make balloons out of them you know he'd like blow them and tie them or he would like start playing with the popsicle sticks and like the not pom-poms the cotton balls and i don't know if you're supposed to do that like i don't know how sanitary that is so maybe i don't recommend but I did remember one time I was in the hospital and I don't even think I was with a kid. I was with another adult and they were just like not having a good day. Mm-hmm. And so I took a surgical glove and I made a little puppet out of it <laughs> and like, I like blew it up and I, I can't remember how I did it, but I made the, the pinky and the thumb, his like arms. And I think I somehow tied back the middle fingers to be the hair and I like drew a face and it was like this little guy Aww. and it was funny. And I was like, it was funny because it was for an adult and they, they cracked up because, you know, it's funny. Yeah. And I was being bad by <laughs> taking the surgical glove. And it's unexpected <laughs> too. Like, you know, like even, uh, yeah, okay, it's like a kid's thing, but just the, mm-hmm. the like, it's so funny because it's unexpected, right? Like that, that adult probably wasn't expecting you to do that. So, oh, yeah. No. So you like, you probably made their day. That's awesome. That's awesome. Yeah. And I, I just remember they were like, Cause there was, it was like a lot of family members in the room and I just started messing around with this thing and they're like, what is she doing? And I turned around and I'm like, ha, <laughs> you know, it was, it was just fun, you know, just find ways to have fun. You gotta, you gotta laugh through things, you know, like I've been in hospitals, not, I don't think as often as Lisa has been, but enough. And like, we always find some way to have fun and have some kind of humor because or else it's just like way too depressing and nobody needs that. (laughs) Yeah. Um, so I, I was reading the article, um, where the games were and afterward it, it kind of went into like other things if those games fail. Um, but it gave me some really good perspective. Um, so basically it said that, you know, waiting rooms are actually really a really good time for like family bonding. 
Um, Mm Because when you think about it, like, yeah, you're stuck with your kid in like this waiting room and it's, you're impatient or whatever, but like, you're, you're, you're stuck with your kid. Like it's you and the kid and you don't have anywhere else to be. You don't have anything else to do. You're just there. So a different perspective, you can look at it. You can, I don't know, you can like, just enjoy this time with them. Like you can ask them, you know, how are they doing? Or you can make up your own game with them or, you know, um, and just have some, I don't know, have some quiet time. Uh, it doesn't have to be a bad thing to, you know, mm-hmm. um, anyway. But, yeah, so that was it was a really nice perspective for me. Um, I was like, yeah I, yeah, I like to think about things that way. There's always a positive spin you can put on things. But, I mean, mm-hmm. I do understand, you know, based on whatever, as a mom, we go through so much. So, you know, it is hard to have that perspective. If it's like been a long day, if you've driven far away, if you're, I don't know, anyway, if you're stressed out about what you're doing there, then yeah. But um, anyway, uh, so that was my fun games to play. Um, and when we get back, uh, Brittany, you wanted to talk about um, visiting yes. people in the hospital, right? So yes. Yeah. So I've got a little, I have a tiny soapbox to get on and it won't be long, I promise. And then I found, um, very helpful article which just anyway it's good so just come back stay with us throughout the break come right back because it's really good and i have a free resource that i highly recommend teacher approved awesome yeah be right back and now a word from our sponsors Imagine a world where potty training is fun, fast, and easy. Only pull-ups have Disney graphics that fade when wet to teach big kids to stay dry so they're motivated to keep the music going. I'm a big kid now. Did you know Geico's now offering an extra 15% credit on car and motorcycle policies? That's 15% on top of what Geico could already save you. So what are you waiting for? Your dentist to actually believe you? And you're flossing every day. Absolutely. Great. Um, And you're cutting down on your sweets? Of course. (laughs) Wonderful. Then I don't even need to look in there. Great. See you in six months. There's never been a better time to switch to GEICO. Save an extra 15% when you switch by October 7th. Limitations apply. Visit GEICO.com for details. Enjoying this show? Be sure to check out all the shows across the Podcast Entertainment Network, where there's a show for every interest. Visit www.podcastentertainment.com to browse through the full collection of shows. And now, back to the Imperfect Moms Club on the Podcast Entertainment Network. Well, welcome back. So this is the last segment. And like I said, I'm going to get on a tiny soapbox. I promise it won't be too long. Um, Nobody get mad at me. It's just my opinion. (laughs) So first of all, so I'm going to be talking about when you take your kid to the hospital to visit a loved one. Like... I haven't had so much experience taking my own children to the hospital. There's been a couple of occasions where I've taken my daughters to the emergency room, but nothing where it's been like a chronic issue. Um, But I have had to take my own kids to the doctor to visit other people. And also I've been to visit too, because my dad, uh, my dad was a pastor. So he would go, he and my mom would go all the time to go and talk to people Mm -hmm. and help them and stuff like that. So anyway, before I start with all my tips and things that I found, everything needs to be run through a funnel of age appropriateness. So obviously you're not going to talk to a three-year-old 
about a loved one being in the hospital the same way you're going to talk to a 12-year-old. Right. Okay. And there's not like one exact formula that works with every family and every situation and every kid. Because even though I birthed both of my daughters and we have pretty much raised them both the same way, they're both totally different people yeah. <laughs> and they process things totally differently. So you just have to take all the resources that like we're going to talk about resources from books, online research, professionals, and just adjust it to fit your needs and your situation. Okay. So my little soapbox, the thing I wanted to say, um, and this is for older children who can understand what's going on. Like they're not like two, mm -hmm. like they're, they're like teenagers. So from personal experience, and I won't, I won't say names because I don't know if this person will listen and be upset or whatever, but if your kid is old enough to understand what's going on, you can't blindside them and just not say anything because you're like, oh, well, that's going to hurt them. Like they're going to be upset. Well, you can't just like pretend there's no disease or pretend there wasn't a car accident. So, yeah. You know, like I, there was one. So there was this woman that I knew and she was diagnosed with terminal breast cancer. Like it wasn't going to go well. She didn't have very long to live. And she decided, I'm not going to tell my 17 year old girl. <laughs> um, so her daughter, and it wasn't like her daughter was like off somewhere living somewhere else. Her daughter, literally her bedroom was right next to her daughter's bedroom. Like they were literally in the same hall mm -hmm. living together eating breakfast together, going shopping, all the things. And mom's just like, I'm just going to carry on as if nothing's wrong. Oh, and no. like, I can't, I understand how you don't want to be the one to deliver the news and you don't want to see the shock on their face and you don't want to hear them crying. Like I understand all of that. Cause anytime I have to give my girls bad news, I'm dreading it. Mm -hmm. I, I don't like doing that, but you just can't ignore the news either. So when her daughter did find out, oh, mom's sick and oh, it's serious and oh, it's terminal. Um, and she had it and mom's known about it for X amount of months and has decided to tell me like that did like a lot of Damage. psychological. Yeah. Yes. Trust issues, you know, yeah. and then Traumatic. all of a sudden, absolutely. And now it's like, okay, I could have had, I don't know, three months to have started this process of understanding and this grieving process and this acceptance process yeah. and having time to ask the questions I need to ask. And now it's being just plopped on my plate and my timeline is even shorter. Like, no, 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 no. So that does away a lot of harmful psychological damage way more than just like not telling than thinking like, Oh, I'm going to shield them from this pain. Yeah. Like if they are old enough to understand, and again, you have to run it through your funnel, but this girl is obviously old enough to understand. <laughs> you got to tell them, you know, you got to sit down and break it to them. Yeah. Now, helping kids prepare for the hospital visit, uh, before we get into the nitty gritty, if your kid has expressed that they do not want to go at all, uh, or that they're really scared of going, you kind of have to take that into consideration. Now, the only time where that gets really sticky is when it's like someone's final days, mm -hmm. you know, that's kind of a different story. Um, and especially if that person who's in their final days is asking to see the child one last time or something, then I, of course it gets super sticky and you got to make your own decision 
as to that. But if this is just like someone's going in for like a minor surgery and your kid just does not want to go visit, like they'd rather just wait until they're home, maybe don't take them to the hospital. Yeah. You know, the information that I found that I thought was super helpful, uh, most of it is from headway.org and we'll put all the links in the show notes. Um, and then I have a resource I'm going to share too. This is a downloadable PDF free, and I think it's fantastic. So I'll talk about that too. So preparing for the visit, uh, you need to speak to the staff on the unit or the floor um, to see if it's a good idea to bring a kid in because sometimes they don't want kids. Like I remember when my grandmother was passing away, they really didn't want kids in this one section of um, the ICU, but they did give us a permission for like five minutes mm -hmm. to let my daughter come in. Um, but normally no, like you, and also you don't want to like prepare your kid, show up. And then like, right before you walk in the door, yeah. some nurse like was like, no, <laughs> that's, that's not fun. Yeah. So just ask ahead of time if it's, or like, when is a good time to go visit? You know, when's a time when it's not super busy or uh, when our visiting hours, whatever. So check with them. Also, if this is like a big hospital, check with the staff and see if they have some sort of kids play area because I know the hospitals that I've been to some of them have just like a tiny little it's almost like a McDonald's play area almost oh, yeah. and they have toys and books and just something for the kids to kind of blow off steam not everyone has it but if they do have it you need to know where it is you know yeah. in case your kid just needs to take a break um do that um so you need to speak to your child's teacher uh, daycare provider, if they have a nanny, let them know when something serious is going down because that just helps us as the teachers know, okay, little Susie's probably going to be acting a little off today, or maybe she's not going to do really well in this test. Yeah. And so we'll just, you know, we, we, we just need to know. And also sometimes the teachers or the caregivers can have resources or they know of resources that they can help you with. So take advantage of that. Um, like we had a student recently her dog needed to get put down and it was really hard. It was so sad. And so mom talked to me about it and I was able to give her a resource of a way to maybe help explain what was going on with the dog. And I also had a book that was really, really good for kids about when your, when your dog gets put down and I gave her the book. So, and I was like, you can use these if you want to, if you don't want to, it's fine. But it was just another resource to help her out and to, to give to her. Um, before you go to the hospital, you need to explain what it's going to be like to your kid. So this resource I found, and I've tried three times to figure out how to say it, but I'll just put it in the show notes. Yeah. This website is froeydirt.com. I'm so sorry. Just <laughs> go and we'll have it listed. You can click on it. It's a free PDF. It's almost like an educational book and coloring book at the same oh, time. Cool. And it, yeah, and it has like a one page for the parents to help the parents and say, okay, this might help your child. Maybe try talking about it this way or whatever. It has real pictures of what like um, the nurse's station might look like or what the hospital room oh, might wow. look like. And it has pictures of like, this is some of the equipment you might see. And then it has, okay, well, these are scrubs. Doctors wear scrubs. And there's different activities where the kids can color in certain things or match nice. the word like draw where's the stethoscope where's the thermometer or whatever and they cool. anyway it's a really great printable and you can print off as many as you need to so i highly recommend it 
Um, now, if the parent or the family member you're going to visit has any like major deformities, like say they've been in a really bad car accident, first of all, maybe the kid shouldn't go. <laughs> but also, you need to warn them ahead of time. Or if they're hooked up to a lot of equipment, you need to let them know that that way when they walk in the room, they're not just like shocked. Because I remember when I was 14, so I wasn't like a little kid. Um, we went to visit my grandma in the hospital. And I remember the hardest part for me was just seeing all of these tubes and wires. And like, I didn't know she was going to be hooked up. Yeah. Like it would have been hard regardless, but walking in the room and looking down at her and seeing all this stuff like freaked me out so much. Mm -hmm. So just make them aware and be like, guys, they're, they might be hooked up to this and this and this, and it's to help them. It's to help keep them healthy. And, you know, um, there might be machines that beep or whatever. And all of this is tools that the doctor's using to help them. It's not hurting them. Um, another thing to do is to give them like an out, give them a code word or like a, a sentence they can say if they just need to like leave and they're not able to say mm -hmm. it. So like say, all right, we're going to go visit grandma in the hospital. And then after, when you're ready, I'll take you to go get ice cream or I'll take you to the park or I'll take you wherever. And you can tell them when you're ready to go, if you need to leave, then say, I'm ready to go get ice cream now, or I, I'm ready to go to the cafeteria or I'm ready to go wherever. Let them have a, have a way to communicate to you that I need to leave. Like I I'm out, mm -hmm. I'm done. Even if it's like, I need to go to the bathroom, just something yeah. because not they might not always be able to get out I'm feeling really freaked out right now I don't understand mm. you know and they don't want to hurt the other person's feelings either because that could be you know hard to say I don't want to watch I don't want to look at you right now <laughs> that's hard for a kid so mm. give them an out um reassure them that they can change their mind at any time like you might have a kid who is like yes I want to go visit aunt so-and-so I want to go see my cousin so-and-so let's go and you're in the hallway walking down to that room and they might just be like no 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 I can't and you yes. know what you need to let them have it's that. different when you you know like beforehand before they actually were there and were experiencing it they were like oh yeah but then yeah it totally changes when you're actually like they're about to do it so yeah because then you start hearing all the noise of the hospital yeah. you might be seeing very sick people you know, and that's very care, um, scary. Um, I know that when I was a kid walking down the hospital rooms, I can't, not trying to be nosy, but you're just looking around because you're like, well, where are we going? And you just happen to see someone, you know, who's not doing really well on a bed. And that's very scary for a kid. Yeah. So maybe like that just is very anxiety inducing. And listen, because it's hard enough for a kid to be able to articulate that and then just to be squashed down right after, like, they're just not going to articulate again, yeah. you know, if they're like, oh, well, there's no point in saying I'm uncomfortable. Um, yep. you, you really need to pay attention to that. And maybe they just need a break. Like, maybe they just need another five minutes and then they can go in. Or maybe you just need to turn around and go home. Um, but, yeah, they need to be able to change their mind. So when you're actually in there visiting, um, before you go into the room, like, if the doctor needs to speak to you, you need to do it without your kid there. So 
have a friend go with you, have another family member go with you, or even ask, say, can you have a staff member sit with my kid and we can talk about this over here because I don't want them to hear because you don't know what the doctor's going to mm-hmm. say. And they might be dropping all kinds of terminology and information that maybe your kid will misinterpret. And also you need to be able to understand the information too and feel like you can ask the questions you need to ask. And I know I don't always feel like I can say everything I want to say when my kid's sitting right there, you know, like if I had to make some sort of decision about a family member, I don't feel like I would be able to just articulate everything right in front of my kid. Mm-hmm. I need my own space too. So do that. Um, again, make sure it's okay for your kids to be there. Cause sometimes they don't want kids in certain areas of the hospital. Uh, and as hard as it is, once you're in the room, you have to try and remain as calm and composed as you can. Like, obviously it's hard mm-hmm. for certain things, but if your child is looking at you and you're freaking out and you're like, you know, being very emotional, they're going to copy you. They're going to feel like, oh, mom's freaking out. Dad's freaking out. This is very wrong. You know, it's very, it's always going to be uncomfortable. It's never going to be fun, yeah. but that makes it worse. Like you, that is your moment where you just got to pull it together and you got to be strong yeah. for that 10, 15 minutes. And then you can go cry later away from your kids. Yeah. Um, especially cause you know, we're talking about like, that's what makes motherhood so hard is because, uh, but I mean, it's, it's as simple as, you know, children, smaller people, they, their emotions are bigger and their emotions are bigger than they are. So, I mean, if you are freaking out, they're going to freak out, but bigger and more, and they're not going to be able to control it. Right. So, I mean, as an adult, like hopefully we've learned how to kind of have some control over emotions more than like better than our children. So yeah, I just wanted to add that little part in there. Yeah. And like, it's okay to tell your kid, listen, mommy's really scared right now. It's okay to it. Like, you're not supposed to be a statue. Yeah. You know, it's okay to say, you know what? I'm nervous too. I'm sad too. I don't know what's going to happen, but I know that I love you and you love me and we love them. And it's, it's going to be okay, yeah. you know, and I will be there to help you through it no matter what happens. Never promise a kid, oh, they're, everything will be like, they're going to be healed and they can come home and the doctors are going to fix them because you don't know. Like you never promise something like that because if it doesn't work out that way, that's just another bit of trauma that they have to work out through. So just promise what you can promise. You're always going to love them. And like, whatever happens, I'm going to help you through it. We're going to get through this together. That's true. Mm -hmm. You can do that. Um, and like, there's been times where I've had to tell my, my girls, we haven't had anything majorly traumatic happen recently, but I've been like, you know what? Mommy's kind of sad right now about this, that, and the other thing. And it's okay to be sad, but I know that we're going to figure it out and we're going to get through this. Um, so it's hard, but it's, part of being a mom. We do hard things and this is part of it. Um, take a friend with you if you can, someone to support you, even if they maybe can't even go in the room, just having them drive you there and just sit in the waiting room or sit in the cafeteria for you. That can be really helpful. If your kid just can't do it, you can say, you know, ask your neighbor or whoever is with you, like, can you just take them to the cafeteria and get them a cookie? And like, I'll be down in 10 minutes or something. Um, and if you have no one around, most of the time the staff at the hospital will have someone who can help you just for a little bit. Um, 
encourage the child to talk to their parent or whoever is in there, like even if it's just a hi. Um, also holding their hand can be really comforting for the kid. Like if someone's like totally out and they're non, um, like they're not able to communicate, just having the kid just hold their hand and touch them is really good for the kid and for the person. I remember when I went to go visit my grandmother, that one time that freaked me out. She didn't even open her eyes, but somehow when I touched her hand, she knew it was me. And I was like, wow, how does she know it's me? And not because a bunch of us grandkids were there and she knew I was touching her. Hmm. Um, and one other little thing I want to say about that, and I'm going to try and not cry. <laughs> um, so when I was with my dad and I knew that we were going to be saying goodbye soon, I took a picture of my hand holding his hand. Um because I didn't want to remember all of the tubes and the equipment and everything he was hooked up to. Cause he had like a mask on cause he wasn't breathing really well and all this stuff. And he also just didn't look really good. You know, when you're near the end, you don't really look that great. Uh, and I didn't want to remember all of that, but I wanted to remember the last few moments I had with him. And so I've had people in my family take pictures of deceased family members or members on their way to becoming deceased. And I'm like, how dare you? <laughs> Like no one wants to be remembered like that. Yeah. And do you really want to look back at that picture? That's the way you want to remember aunt so-and-so? Yeah. No. So I'm like, hold their hand because that does so much for you, that touch that, you know, for you and for them. And if you feel like you've got to remember this moment, you want to take a picture, taking a picture of the person's hand is so meaningful. And I find it incredibly respectful as well. I, I didn't know that was really a thing, but I guess a lot of people do it because I, I took a picture of my dad's hand and it's one of my favorite pictures I have of him. And the, someone else said that they did the same thing because their mother was passing away and she looked awful, but her hands, she, he wanted to remember her hands. So he took a picture of her hands. So that's just something I wanted to say yeah. too. If your child becomes upset and they can't be comforted just by like a gentle hug or something, time to go, you know, just it doesn't matter if you're, if you're not ready to go, if they're ready to go, if you need to go. Um, first, first visit should be like maybe 15 minutes tops, unless they're like 18 or something, mm -hmm. then they can stay as long as they need to. And always reassure the child that they can ask as many questions as they want. And if you don't know the answer, don't lie. Just say, you know what? I don't know. Well, let's go find out. Or uh, I don't know the answer to that. And that's okay. It's okay to not have the answer. It's not okay to lie. Yeah. So you were talking earlier about how, you know, you want to protect your children from hard things and, you know, but don't do that because, so it's actually, um, it's really, you really don't want to shield them from things that are hard because life is hard and sometimes things happen. Mm -hmm. So there are ways to, you know, we've mentioned there's lots of ways to kind of soften the blow. You know, you don't want to just like blurt out like a mommy's dying, you know, obviously, but mm -hmm. um, don't keep, don't keep it from them completely because um, they're going to resent you for it later. And I know that from personal experience. <laughs> um, so yeah, you just, you want to, you want them to know. Also, I mean, you have no idea how, you don't know what, what's in their head, right? You don't know how they're going to feel. Mm -hmm. You don't know how they're going to cope with those emotions. Um, so, you know, when, so really when you're protecting somebody from something that will make them sad, I'm mean, really what you're doing is you're protecting yourself from their emotions, right? Mm -hmm. And that's, 
don't do that, right? Like they're their own person. They have their own feelings. They deserve to know what they deserve to know things, you know, you don't have to give them every single nitty gritty detail, right? Because they don't need to know that. But I mean, at least you want to tell them right when something mm -hmm. happens, you know, if, if, I mean, because if they find out later that you kept something like this from them, they're just going to be angry about it. So, you know, and that's, these are the kinds of things that kids take with them for ever into adulthood and all that stuff and then therapy and you know blah so so yeah i just wanted to add that kind of as a at the end sorry <laughs> it's i don't want to say but it is it's like when you're like oh well i'm just not going to tell them it's really selfish because you're like well i just yeah it's going to be hard it's going to suck and they're going to cry and you're going to be really uncomfortable and you're going to have more anxiety and stress about it you will okay but to keep that keep that from them just for your own comfort is so selfish. And again, you're just going to break that bond and they're not going to trust you. And maybe they won't open up to you about things that they need to open up to you yeah. about. So sometimes it's very uncomfortable and that's sometimes that's how relationships are, but they're your kid. Yeah. <laughs> you got to work through it with them. Okay. You got to love them through it. And, uh, help give them the resources to help get through it too. Maybe your kid needs to talk to someone, mm. you know, maybe you're doing great, but your kid needs some resources, you know, provide that for them, help them cope with that and give them as much time as they need to process, you know, maybe you process things really quickly and you're over it and they're not, you know, yeah, don't, don't rush, rush yeah. them. Yeah. Don't rush them. Everyone's brain is different. Also, they're not as developed their, their brains are not as developed as yours are. They don't have as much life experience as you do. Let them have that time yeah. to process and understand and grow up. So yeah. um, that reminds me actually of when we put Noodle down. Um, so, you know, Lily was two. She wasn't three yet, right? This happened like several, a few months ago um, before we moved. But um, we were like, okay, well, she's, she's only two and a half, like, is she even going to remember noodle later and stuff? And mm -hmm. so the, the question of, should we even like tell her, you know, but, um, we, we decided that we were going to have a conversation with her because it was something that she deserved to know. And it was a good, like learning opportunity and we could kind of like teach her about grief a little bit. Right. So we mm -hmm. had no idea what we were going to say. So we, um, I actually, when my therapist later gave me a resource for her, just like how to talk to kids about, about death, um, but we actually, like, we looked it up online and so we ended up saying something like, you know, Noodle was really sick and, you know, she wasn't going to get any better. And, um, I think what made it so hard was that I left that morning with Noodle planning to come home with her afterward. Mm -hmm. And then I didn't, you know, so, um, I, I came home and it was like sad and I decided that I, I didn't want to just tell her immediately. Right. I didn't want to just like like come in the door and be like noodles dead right so like i just i let mm -hmm. i let lily like ask me about noodle like say oh where's noodle you know and then and then i looked at paul and we're like okay so he sat down and you know we we stated it in thing in uh terms that two-year-old can understand right noodle's very sick she won't be coming home um but you know, we, we told her, we said, you know, it's okay to be sad, but, um, you can think about her, you know, mm -hmm. and it'll make you feel better. You know, think you can think about her, but I'm so sorry. She won't be coming home, you know? Um, anyway, that just, um, 
remind me of that. Um, you know, but then I know I started to notice her, like her behavior changed a little bit. She started, um, for, um, she doesn't do this anymore, but for like two weeks, she was, um, she was meowing like a cat and she was, you know, she was acting mm-hmm. like a cat. And so I started calling her Kitty Lily. Cause I, I, I assumed I figured that I was like, okay, well, she's, she's probably doing this cause her brain she's trying to process losing noodle. And so she's like, there used to be a cat here. Noodle would meow all the time. So all of a sudden there's no more meowing. So, you know, somebody needs to meow. So I'm going to meow, you know, we must have meowing in the house. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Noodle was like, she would not stop. And it's, which is sad because I, I found out the day that we put her down that, um, I was like, man, that's probably because she was trying to tell me, mom, I'm not doing well, mommy, help me. But I just, it was just a bunch of constant meowing, um, for me, mm-hmm. but anyway, but, um, yeah, so just even if your child is really little, like you still want to share things like that with them. Even if you think they're too young yeah. to understand, you still, you want to, it's never too early to teach them about feelings and having feelings and how to cope with feelings and all these things. Cause you want to be, you want to be your kid's safe space, right? So from the very beginning, you're their safe space. You want to be their safe space. So you want them to know that they can, I don't know, that things happen and it's really sad, but you know, it's mm-hmm. okay. And mommy's there and you know, because had yeah. you not told her, you know, we would have had to, I mean, some people, I mean, I've heard of, of some parents that lie and say, oh, she ran away or like, oh, you know, cause they don't, they just don't want to say, oh, she died. Cause that's too sad. Right. But I mean, if the kid hears our cat ran away, then that kid's going to hold on to hope that the cat's going to come back someday. Right. Mm-hmm. When that's not the case. Cause debt right so be direct but you know i mean use terms that they'll understand right don't like oh well scientifically or like use like big words because yeah, youth yeah <laughs> we had to euthanize like they don't, yeah, they don't, they don't know what that means yeah um but uh, anyway sorry that i just kind of took a turn <laughs> anyway no like, that, that was that was good i think it's i think that having pets, one of the downsides, unfortunately, is that they do pass away. Like when we got all of our chickens, I knew they're going to die eventually, you know, and some of them have in the first couple times, it was really, really, really hard. Um, but I didn't lie and say, Oh, they flew away to Florida. (laughs) You know, I was like, yes, this happens. And it was very sad. And if you want to pet her and say goodbye, that's okay, whatever. Um, and We've had a few more die because a fox got into my coop and I was really upset about it, <laughs> but, but they took it a lot easier because they've already had a little bit of time. Now, aunt so-and-so and uncle so-and-so, like they're not a chicken. I hope it will be a little more weighty if someone that they know and love gets sick than if it's just a chicken and they're not like, oh, okay. <laughs> no, let's like, film this is a little more serious because it's like a person, yeah. um, but I think that having pets is good because when the pets do pass away, it gives your kids a little bit of exposure, like almost gentle exposure Mm -hmm. to know what is death and how can we start to cope with it and how can we be sad, but not let it ruin our lives. You know, like what, what does the grieving process look like? You know, I think it's, I think it's good for them. It's hard, but it's good. Yeah. I mean, we can't just shield our kids from all the, all the bad things in the world, right? Cause then they're not going to be ready for it when it happens. So to wrap everything up, basically 
hospitals suck. <laughs> Taking the kids to the hospital sucks even more. Yeah. So give yourself and your child permission to not have all the answers. Use all the resources that we've shared with you and that you can find online and that the hospital can give you. If you feel like you have no one with you to help support you, please, 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 please reach out. You can talk to us. Mm -hmm. We're always, our DMs are always open. Also, the hospital has so many resources for families. And if you feel like you just need someone to talk to, you just need a little bit of support in some way, just ask the nurse or ask the doctor, ask the receptionist, because asking for help, it doesn't make you weak. It just makes you human. Yeah. Want to get in touch with the show? Email us at imperfect at podcastentertainment.com. Thank you for listening to today's episode of the Imperfect Moms Club.